0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables, and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now, this week I am turning my attention to wood chip, and this topic came up because I had an email from one of my members of a supporters club asking whether I've covered my gardening shredder in a previous podcast or whether we can talk about it in the future. So I thought you know what that sounds like a good thing to talk about. So this week we are talking about wood chip for that very reason. Now down on the allotment we seem to be getting a regular delivery of wood chip. The allotment committee doesn't know where it's coming from so they've said we can use up our allotments as much as we want. So let's head down to the allotment first and hear just how I am using this wood chip. Well it's been a lovely day here on the alarm and I'm down here with Roxy who's looking at me as if to say it's been lovely but I want to go home so we won't be here much longer. But today one of the main tasks I have been doing is barrowing loads of this wood chip on to some of my beds now this wood chip is delivered to the allotment and the allotment committee are unsure where it's actually coming from it just seems to keep turning up and we keep getting quite a few deliveries of it now i personally think this is fantastic it's obviously a tree surgeon or a local gardener who is chopping up a load of trees through a shredder and then delivering it to our allotment it could even be the council to be honest with you For me, I think this is a fantastic resource. Wood chip for me has so many uses. I use it to add to my compost heaps. I've used it in the past for my paths. And unfortunately, what I found with using it for paths is I needed a huge amount of it that made it very, very difficult to get enough of it. And I also found that eventually the couch grass did grow through the wood chips. So I decided not to use it for paths. I prefer grass paths anyway because. I can then mow it and use the grass clippings. But where I have really been using this wood chip for today is around my rhubarb and my globe artichokes. These are some of my perennial plants, which are pretty hardy to be fair, but particularly with a rhubarb, I think just protecting the roots for a little bit longer just helps them in the future. So what I've been doing is I basically cleared away any weeds, cleared away any dead material as well and composted all that. I then laid down a load of cardboard with a bit of compost first as well just to give the ground a bit of a boost. And then on top of that I have laid some barrel loads of this wood chip. Now, what this is going to do is act as a mulch. In that, it's going to reduce the amount of rain washing the nutrients out of the soil because it filters out the rain and just makes it a little more gentle as it trickles down into the soil. It will protect the roots from frost by basically adding this blanket effect, trapping some of that heat into the soil, which will protect the rhubarb crowns. Rhubarb is pretty hardy but I still think it is worth doing especially if we get a particularly harsh winter. But what it also does is it reduces the amount of weeds that come through like mini mulches just because it blocks out the sunlight and it also reduces evaporation when we get into the spring summer times. Best of all this stuff will biodegrade back down into the soil so if we keep getting this wood chip in the future I will have to top it up every year but the fact that it will eventually break down into the soil. I think is a good thing. Now, some people do say that adding wood chip on top of a bed can be a bit of a negative reaction because they claim that the wood chip needs nitrogen to break down. However, a lot of people will dispute this. So I don't know which way to believe, I'll be honest with you. As I said time and time again, I'm not a scientist. I'm just a amateur gardener who loves growing my own food. And I've not found that it causes any problems when I've used it in the past. So I will continue to use it until proven otherwise. Now, that's just one of the uses for wood chip. We've got a bit more coming up a little bit later on when I am at home. But what else have I been doing down in your lot, you're probably asking. One of the main things that I've also been doing today is planting out my broad bean plants. Now, I sowed some broad bean plants back in October for overwintering. These were Aquadolce claudia, and I always grow broad beans over winter. Reason being that I get an earlier crop of broad beans and they get less black fly attack them. And it also makes the allotment look like something is happening, something is growing over winter. So, yeah, I've got the broad bean into the ground. These broad bean plants are about 10 to 15 centimetres tall. Really nice and bushy, thick looking plants. So I'm very, very happy with the appearance and how they seem to be doing. And now they are basically just planted in the ground. I sowed these into root trainers back at home just a single seed per root trainer and they've all germinated, I've popped them into the ground at the same depth, given them a good watering in, although the soil itself is pretty moist anyway, so they should grow quite happily. And that's it, they are planted, we will leave them to grow over the winter and we'll see what happens. Now, added to that, I've also sown some overwintering peas. This is a variety called meteor. Now, peas are another one that we can grow over winter. They will provide us with an early crop next year in the spring. And I was also think it is worth doing. They can be a bit harder to grow than broad beans. So we, we'll see how we get along this year. I've just basically created a drill in the ground, scattered a few seeds in and covered it back over. And we will see if they germinate and grow. I have to admit... In the past, I've not had a huge amount of success with overwintering peas. But the good thing is, if they do have problems, come spring next year or even summer with peas, we can still sow more. So it's not the end of the world if they don't germinate. It's just nice to get a bit of an earlier crop, which is what I'm aiming for. So there we go. That is the update from here at the allotment. Let's head back to the podding shed. Well, I think it's safe to say that this wood chip that has been delivered to the allotment is not going to waste. As I said here, I'm using it as a mulch about 5 to 10 centimetres deep doing a fantastic job. And I personally think that the beds look great covered over in wood chip. Now, I do want to add that this wood chip that has been delivered to the allotment is larger chunks than the chunks that are usually produced by the home shredder. And that is why I'm sure this has come from a professional gardener, probably using one of those heavy-duty petrol shredders that you often find behind the back of arborists' vans as they tow them around. That I am convinced of due to the size. Now, of course, on the allotment, we have no electricity to power up my own shredder. So if I end up with any large sticks that need to be shredded on the allotment, I do have to take them home to shred them, or I may run them over with a mower, but that's not necessarily a safe thing to do. Now this week in the Supporters Club, I have been sharing how I pop my garden beds away for the winter after conversation that we actually had on our live stream. But we've also been sowing a couple of seeds, and this week we have sown some coriander. Now this coriander is a herb, of course, that is going to grow in pots on our window and provide us with some fresh herbs over these darker winter months. But added to that, we've also been sowing some chickpea sprouting seeds. Again, these are going to be growing on our window seals. And we're going to be using those shoots for food. They are absolutely delicious and a great way of growing fresh food throughout the winter the veg podcast supporters club is a club that i set up to help keep this podcast going and i charge five pound a month to be a member but in return for that members get extra behind the scenes podcasts that let you know what's going on here added to that a collection of seeds are also sent out each month and those seeds can be sown in that very month so if you would like to be a member, then please do head to the theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk to find out more and sign up. Now, alternatively, you can also help support this podcast by rating and reviewing on your podcast provider. Now, by doing this, you actually help this podcast get seen by many more people who might also be interested in growing their own food. It really does help get the word out. So please do. If you can do that, I would be most grateful. Now, moving on from that, as you know, each week during the dark months, I am tending to a tool. And this week, I've noticed that my wheelbarrow that I've used a lot needed some attention. So i brought it home and into my workshop where we're going to give it a bit of TLC. I've brought my wheelbarrow into the workshop. I've noticed while I was using it a lot on the allotment today that it needed a little bit of attention in a a few areas. So I brought it into my workshop where I can really start taking care of it. The first thing I've done is I've taken the wheel off. Now the wheel itself was a little under inflated. This is a type of wheel that you put air into. I know we've got some punchless varieties out there But this one does have a tube, does have a tyre. Now, fitting air into it isn't difficult. You just use your standard foot pump, air pump, whatever you may use. Not difficult at all. So the question you might be asking is, why have I taken the wheel off? Well, two reasons. One, with the wheel off, it's easier to oil up the bearings, which is something I've done as well. And I've just laid the wheel on its side, sprayed some oil into it over some newspaper and I'll leave that for a minute to dry but the other reason that I have taken the wheel off is that I've noticed that some of the metal work on my wheelbarrow is starting to go rusty now you may be thinking to yourself a rusty wheelbarrow nothing to really worry about but as I'm sure you know by now I like to take care of my tools where I possibly can now my wheelbarrow has a purple plastic bin with black metal stand runners or whatever you may call it. And these runners have just chipped away a little bit of paint and that has exposed the metalwork and that has started to go rusty. So what I'm doing with these, I've got some black Hammerite straight onto a rust paint and I'm just painting that over just to to tidy it up and hopefully that will Not cause any problems in the future. Ideally, we would sand away at this rust, but the rust isn't too bad. I'll keep an eye on it over this next year and see how we get on. Now, the other thing that I've done with this wheelbarrow, and I fitted these many, many years ago, was the handles. Most wheelbarrows have your standard handles where you sort of hold above the wheelbarrow and lift up and i always think that that's not really very ergonomic it's quite painful in the wrists if you think about it so i fitted i tip handles and these are i think a godsend i'll be honest with you they cantilever they rotate as you lift which just makes it so much more comfortable and so much easier on the wrists They're not that expensive. They fit onto pretty much every wheelbarrow. But every now and then what I like to do is just clean up these handles as well. And they are designed to come apart quite easily so that they can have a bit of maintenance done. The reason being, because they are a rotating handle, you could get a bit of grit or a bit of dirt just stuck in there, which makes the rotation a little bit tricky. Give it a good clean and a bit of oil and it is fine again. These handles are fantastic. I'll add a link to these handles in the show notes if you are interested. Now wheelbarrows, I know, they're nothing glamorous, are they? And I don't even think I've ever really mentioned a wheelbarrow before. But I'll be honest with you, on days like today, when I've been using a wheelbarrow a lot, I'm very grateful for having a wheelbarrow, for carting around, compost, wood chip, manure, a lot of different things. So we're going to leave this wheelbarrow to dry and then we will put it all back together and take it back down to the allotment. In the meantime, let's see what Chef Scott has for us with this week's recipe.
1: Hi, it's Scott here with this week's recipe. A smoked haddock, chorizo and leek risotto. I have made this recipe before using fish I've smoked myself over apple wood, but it works just as well with shot pork. And anyway, the key to this recipe is the leeks. Their mild oniony sweetness works well with smoky flavours so it goes great with a smoked fish and chorizo in this dish. It's super simple to make and it's sunshine on a plate which is great because we haven't seen much of that in the weather recently. So let's jump into the kitchen and find out how it's made. To serve four to six people you will need 400 grams of arborio risotto rice 200 grams of diced chorizo, 250 grams of sliced leeks, 600 grams of smoked haddock, two cloves of garlic, diced, 150 milliliters of white wine, 1.5 liters of veg stock, one teaspoon of tomato puree, one teaspoon of smoked paprika, 50 grams of butter, and 30 grams of grated Parmesan cheese. Method. Start by frying the chorizo in a saucepan with a little oil. Cook until crispy and the chorizo from the oil has been released. Now remove the chorizo from the pan and set aside. Now add the sliced leeks and garlic to the pan and cook down on a medium heat until they become nice and soft. Whilst this is happening bring the veg stock to a simmer and then add the fish and poach for 5 minutes. Then remove the fish and set aside. Now add the rice, tomato puree and paprika to the leeks and garlic and stir to coat the rice in the oil. Then add the white wine and cook down for a couple of minutes and then add the chorizo back. Now add the stock a ladle at a time, allowing the rice to absorb the stock between each ladle. Repeat this until the stock has been used. Now flake in the fish to the risotto and give it a stir. Then finish the risotto by adding the butter and parmesan. And that's the recipe done. I hope you enjoy it.
0: Well, my mouth is watering after hearing that recipe. I love all those ingredients that Scott has used. Love a good risotto too. I think Scott needs to come with a warning that we will get hungry. Delicious. I have to say, I really fancy this risotto now. But it is time to head out into the garden and shred some of those branches on the tree with my home shredder. So come meet me out there. Now the original question that started this podcast off was about my garden shredder. And it's only right that I give my garden shredder a mention. Because I've just been shredding a load of the branches that I've been cutting down from a tree outside my greenhouse. Now I brought this... Ryobi Garden Shredder, about two, three years ago. It's 2,500 watt, and it has served me well for the last few years. Before I got this Garden Shredder, what I actually used to do was run over all our clippings, all our prunings with my lawnmower. And that worked fine, except it did throw some chunks of wood all over the place. So it was a little bit on the dangerous side, as I'm sure you can imagine. But I decided to buy a Garden Shredder because well i wanted to be a bit safer with what i was doing so we got this garden shredder and now whenever i make any prunings or cut any branches off i pass it through this shredder now this shredder does actually cut up to a decent thickness some branches are too thick but i find that up to about 10 centimeters thick is the limit Any thicker than that, it doesn't pass through anyway. But if you think of a decent broomstick handle, that'll fit through nicely. And it literally does eat anything I throw in there. Chops it all up into this nice chopped wood chip. And it collects it in a bucket underneath. Now it is all part of the system, the bucket, the shredder, there's a plunger to push it all down as well. They are quite expensive, this one cost me about £200, but it has been superseded now. The one on the market, looking on Amazon at the moment, which I'll link to, is £282, but it's a 3,000 watt shredder what I find with my shredder is that we do need to have power which is why I can't take it down the allotment. But anything at home we run through this, we shred it, then we use all those wood chips in a variety of reasons. Number one reason I wanted the shredder was of course to make more compost. Compost being something we want to produce a lot of. So once it's been through the shredder I then take it over to my compost bin, mix it with plenty of green material, grass clippings etc and there we go. Now that is great. What I've actually noticed in the past when I've done some shredding the wood chips in a day or two have really got quite hot and I've even following day after shredding I've dug into the pile and I can already see steam and even ash from where it is starting to compost down get hot and compost down. So it just goes to show that shredding all this material makes compost a lot quicker and better. I've set my shred wrap inside my shed for easy access just turn it on and off we go. It can be a little bit noisy so I'm always worried about the neighbours when I use it. I try not to use it for long periods at a time but other uses I've been using this wood chip for here at home is actually I've placed it around the outside of our chicken run for the time being around the herb garden area, much like I've done down on the allotment as a bit of a mulch. But I've also thrown it into the chicken pen as well, just to give the chicken something to have a good time flicking through, digging through, Spreading all over the place and helping inside at drying out the chicken coop. And of course, we can use this wood chip mulch on our pots as well if required. So, plenty of uses for wood chips. So, if you haven't got a shredder, I highly recommend getting one if you are doing a lot of prunings. Now of course that wouldn't be right to say that's everything that I've done in the garden this week, of course. We've been tackling a few things. Now sweet peas is something that I sowed a few weeks ago. Sweet peas not necessarily vegetables, but I just thought, you know what, they're gonna be pretty and bring in some pollinators. And a lot of gardeners do grow them over winter, much like our broad beans. Well they germinated and they're growing quite well, so I've given those a bit of a pinch out. We've got four true leaves so I've pinched those out to two true leaves in order to make them a bit more bushier. We're going to have to pop those into a big pot soon so that they can be used in the garden as a decoration. Now talking of pots I have of course been potting up some of our trees and bushes from the front garden into bigger pots as well making sure that they can go through the winter the front garden has really been quite a success this year with so many fruit bushes growing out the front and I want to build on that next year so putting the ones that we currently have into bigger pots then freeze up the smaller pots for doing other things with and bigger pots I think are easier to look after as well so plenty going on I'm, I'm really pleased with the front garden I've got to say this year just having a collection of pots out the front has really utilised that space and it can only get better and better Right, because it is starting to get a little bit windy I'm going to head on inside so I will meet you back in the podding shed Well I think as we come to the end of this podcast I think it's a good idea just to recap on my thoughts on having a garden shredder Now firstly by shredding all our woody material in Using this tool, it reduces the amount of space that the material would take up. So, if you're not composting and you're sending it off to the local tip, by shredding it means it takes up less space in your bin and you can fit more in. Of course, by shredding it, we get these wood chips, which are a great mulch to use on beds or on pots. And added to that, the shredded material is also much easier and faster to compost and produces a much better compost material at the end. Now, there are downsides, of course, to having a shredder. The first thing, of course, is that they can be quite pricey. But I think it's important to recognise that you pay for what you get. The same with most tools. The other downside is that they can be noisy. I do find myself having to wear earphones if I'm doing it for a long period and also being observant that it might upset my that being said I won't be without one now I've had one well that is it for this week if you've got any thoughts on the garden shredder or what you do please do get in touch and share your thoughts hope you've enjoyed this podcast if you have then please do rate and review on whatever podcast provider you get your podcasts from if you have really enjoyed this podcast and want to help support the work that we do, then please consider becoming a member of the VegGrowl Podcast Supporters Club. Details on that are at the UK. Now, if you are visiting our website and you want to get in touch, you can leave us a comment on the bottom of a blog post. Very simple to do. Or you can also leave us a voicemail. Finding that, if you want to get in touch via email, please do. My email address is richard at Co. Dot .uk and finally don't forget to find us on social media and give us a follow well that is it for this week so until next time please take care